What's up, Conroe? Welcome back to another brand new edition of Nerd Thug Sports. You're hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. This is Corey DLG, and hanging out as usual is uh, little brother Nico. It's probably me. Yeah, I mean, why not? And we're hanging out here talking sports as we do every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. It's a long time. Yeah. Sports is there's a lot of sports though. There's so much sports going on, but really, as we start off every show with the most important thing, let's talk about me for a little bit. Right? No. Um, <laughs> the most impactful writer in all of sports. The most history. important thing. So I have now officially made it as a sports writer. How? I am now. How, I'm, how have I'm you now, made it? So this, I mean, I've had a few other I've made it moments. I think it's fair to say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for the freelance writing. So for those. This is the first time you ever tuned in. I uh, I freelance write as well as do this, and so released a comic book. Um, I've got a short story somewhere on Amazon you can buy. I've got I do other things, but uh, this year, all year, I've been writing with SportsMap, SportsMapHouston.com, SportsMap.com, and I've been covering the nerd stuff all year long for them and wrestling. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, uh, with college football season, I've been covering the SEC. And I've been covering, I've been ranking all of the D1 schools here in Texas. There's 12 of them. Um, so in all of my articles that I write, on the back, on the bottom of them, I put down links to my different things so that you can buy and support me if you like me. Uh, and one of them that I put on there is my email address. I've always done it. I'm always looking for new stuff. It's actually how a lot of things have come my way. The the stuff we did with Blizzard at uh, Comic Palooza this year came directly out of that. Um, I was I'm the only guy in Houston who basically covers esports, and so for a major sports website, and so Blizzard emailed me and was like, "Will you come cover the uh, Collegiate Esports Championships at Comic Palooza?" So that was my first kind of made it moment. But now, even more so. Now even more so. So we we get joked. rid of Blizzard. Yeah, forget, forget Blizzard. Forget that. We're one of the largest video game country companies in the in America. Now I've officially made it. So I've already gotten my angry emails about some things. Um, I've gotten them a couple times about some of the nerd stuff. Uh, but a couple weeks ago I got one about my rankings of Baylor and Houston. Someone was upset about the order in which I had them. Which is, okay, alright, fine, let's talk about it. Okay, cool. So we went over it, we talked about it. Uh, in the end I was right, because I know what I'm doing. I'm no dummy. So, uh, today, it's been an interesting day. I work from home, got some stuff going on. My phone, though, keeps uh, lighting up with emails, though. I'm like, man, I'm getting a lot of emails today. Something must be going on. So, I jump in the emails, and uh, I'm getting just a ton, a ton of junk emails that I've never gotten before. Uh, And it's just, it's just like email after email after email from just, Mass things that I've never I've never signed up for. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are actually uh, uh, direct connect or whatever the the TV commercial thing, the email. Yeah, you you know what I'm talking about. Kind of the email commercial, which I still don't understand how their service works. But anyway, I guess someone gave my email address like to that email list. Constant contact. There you go. There's been like four constant contact emails today from from like different companies. Like I'm just getting bombed with emails, man. Well, I'm trying to ignore them because, like, they're all clearly spam. Mm-hmm. Well, finally, one of them has the name. It says Deer, and it's just right there at the top. And the name immediately catches me because it's not my name. <laughs> it's not my name at all. It's it's uh, it's pretty slurry. Yeah, it's got a lot of profanities in there. Got a lot of got a lot of uh, anger to it. Um, it's Deer Gay Inward. Is is the front of this email, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, uh, it's a pretty strong approach from the Nature Society. Like, wh- right, yeah. Why are they emailing me and calling me that? That's aggressive, uh, super aggressive. So I click on it, and sure enough, in the in like in the name, it's clearly a form email, but in the name section, it says, it says Gay Inward Association of America. It says <laughs> Dear Mister Gay Inward. So, and I was like, wow. Why am I getting this? <laughs> so then I start clicking on these other emails, and they're all the same email address, um, or they're all the same name in the in the in the subject line. Uh, but a couple of them catch it. Like Men's Warehouse clearly has a filter that works because theirs just said "dear" and it was blank. Um, 
Carvana. That this one's hilarious. <laughs> Carvana sent me the best. <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's an email with like a graphic in it, and so like it takes your name and it puts it in a nice font across a cool photo of one of their little car sales towers. Like it's it's so dumb. And so across the whole top it says, "Dear Mr. Gay Inward Association of America." But it doesn't even fit. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like it's all scrunched together. And so that's when I realized that somebody, somebody took my email and just dumped it on all these sites to get all these emails and put in there that my na- that that was my name. Um, that part is funny. Yeah, that part is funny. Like I like what I would have done, and so I had to kind of look at what was going on. Also, all day today, my Twitter's been blowing up. So we'll get into the Twitter fight itself in a second. But a basic, but basically, uh, Florida University of Florida fans are unhappy with me. So they're really upset. I'm guessing one of them took dr- use your email from your article. And and took my email from the article and then just delivered it with this terrible name to like everyone who would take it. And I mean that's that's the funny part. Like it's that's a good prank and it's funny that it's funny cuz like I bothered you enough that that's how you spent your time like right you wasted precious moments of your life signing me up for all these dumb email lists right it's clearly a silly thing to do but they did it so kudos or whatever that's cool it's all right that's fine um <laughs> but the the thing that is upsetting about it is the words obviously i would rather if it were me and i was pranking you in in, in the same prank what i would have put in the name is like Florida Gators forever or something like that. Right. So that I would so that I would understand that A I got pranked, but B, like now you know why. Right. It'd be funnier that way. Um It would have been really funny. Uh, this, this is one part funny, but then like poor execution. Right. Yeah, it's not it's not like best receivers in the game, <laughs> most elite receivers. So here's what happened, right? So on the SEC stuff, I've been I've been covering the SEC now for this season, and I've been hard on Florida because they've been playing like dog crap. Okay, they haven't been playing good. They almost lost to Miami in Week One. They've just been bad. They're not looking great. They are winning their games, but they aren't playing quality they're, opponents. Yeah, they're they're winning sloppily. Right. Essentially, the reason they're winning these games is they just have you know better athletes than most of these other programs that they're playing. They're playing smaller schools. For the most part. So, congrats. Cool. Good, Good job. job. But, uh, they don't look great. And they're playing, and Auburn's coming to town. And Auburn also hasn't looked great, but the thing about Auburn is that in the fourth quarter of games, they've stayed close, and then all of a sudden, Nick's their freshman quarterback. He basically turns into Magic Jesus of football, and, and he scores a bunch of, he does a bunch of drives and third down conversions and touchdowns and field goals, and he gets what he needs, and they win the games. Mm-hmm. So I've got Auburn winning this game. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be close, but I think Auburn's going to win. So that's basically what I wrote about. <sighs> People are mad. People are very mad. So somebody commented. So like another party who's kind of agreeing, like we're just talking about the game. I guess they kind of trip it all off because they're like, yeah, if Auburn, if Auburn controls the run. Or if Florida can run, then Florida has a chance. But it looks like Auburn's probably going to run and control the clock and just stay close until it's late and then pull away. I said, yeah, probably. Well, then someone was like, oh, but we don't have to be able to run. They just have to respect our run because our receivers are elite. I thought that was an interesting comment, that their receivers are elite. Right. Like these guys are... So then someone else was like, yeah, nobody can cover our receivers. And I was like, what? So then I went. I, I it struck me as odd because no one I I haven't seen anyone like who's been covering the SEC who's been like, man, Florida's receivers are going off. Right. No, yeah. No one said that. Look at these elite receivers. Said no one ever except that one guy. No, like literally no one has said it. So I said, well, that's interesting. So I looked up receiving yards for just the SEC, not all of college football, just the SEC, and the top Florida receiver is 18th. <laughs> There are 17 other receivers who are ahead of him on the list. Nice. So I said, well, that's weird. So I posted a photo of the list on Twitter, and in the reply I also typed, please point to the elite, unguardable Florida receivers. I'll wait. And then I put a shrug dude there. 
Because, uh maybe. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. maybe. Yeah, maybe they're on the list. 18th's pretty good, I guess. Yeah, why not? Only out of the 12 schools in the SEC, I mean, mm. 18th. We're, we're the... Yeah, how, how many how many receivers are in these twelve schools? Yeah. Like, I mean, no, there's probably like ten receivers on every because you can have dressed and not dressed. Right. Yeah. So, but okay, so if you qualify that, there's so there's like, 120 receivers and their best one isn't even the top 10. percent Right. So, <laughs> yeah, we we made it, boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're real pumped, right? Uh, so this guy replies to that post. Where I said point to the elite unguardables. His reply is, "We've got, um, we're the only team in the country that has five receivers with a hundred yards and a touchdown. Fact, and our tight end is rated the best in the nation." So I replied to that, uh, "Wow, so you guys have elite unguardable receivers, and a bunch of them are catching balls. That's crazy. You guys must have one of the best passing games in the country." So I looked up passing yards. Um, now, granted, they've had a quarterback injury, but they don't have either, they don't have a single quarterback over like the ninth spot, eighth or ninth spot. So I said, even if you add both of your quarterbacks up, you're not even top three. Well, it turns out I was wrong in my math. They're the third best by 14 yards. Wow, what an impactful! Literally, one drive could change that. Right. So somebody was like, "You don't even know what you're talking about." The number is 1347, which is clearly better than than Mond, who's third place, the A&M quarterback. So I put, "You're right. You guys are the best passing game in, in ever." Let's totally ignore the fact that Tua has 400 more yards and doesn't finish any of his games. Ow. <laughs> To which they replied, well, I'm just trying to stop you from posting fake news. Like, the numbers were there for you to do the math, man. So I just gave that guy a thumbs up. Cool. Good good job. Cool. You got me. You got me. I didn't carry the one, and I was real concerned about it. So another guy, though, at the same time said that, oh, well, those other receivers are just the primary target of their school's passing attack. That's why they have more yards. Florida spreads the ball. And I said, oh, okay. Well, then I looked at the 17 receiver 17 receivers right. that are above the number 18 by the way there's another receiver at like the 20th spot so they have one at 18 and one at 20 um so that they have two of the top 20 they have two of the top 20 of course it's number 20 and 18 but right you know. but hey they got two in the top 20 so i pointed out that in the 17 spots above number 18 there are three alabama receivers three lsu receivers two a&m receivers two arkansas receivers and then also, if you want to go down to spot number 22, there's four Arkansas receivers in the top 22. <laughs> so I was like, basically, I don't know what you're talking about. But, yeah, these are just the guys who get thrown to too much. Yeah, I, I, obviously, at that point, I would say that Arkansas's defense or offense is clearly elite yeah. and unguardable. Elite, unguardable, and they just throw, they throw to all their receivers. So, right. honestly, if they're going to say that about one of these two offenses, it's probably more true for Arkansas, even though they, they just lost A&M and they didn't look good at all. Nope. But we're not talking about Arkansas. The Florida fans are who's mad at me. So, dang Floridians! It just keeps going. Like it never. Like they can't. They can't just go. Okay, maybe we're not as good as I thought a second ago. So then someone else goes. Is re- is receiving yards really the is is receiving yards really the measuring stick for for receivers? Is that really how you judge good receivers? And, and so then and then you have a and then you have a pause and then realize this man about to say no. <laughs> Yeah, so I said, I, I said, well, I do generally judge players on production. What metric do you use? You ready? Yeah. You ready for this reply? Oh, I'm ready. So he doesn't use receiving yards. No, that's ridiculous. Why would you do that? I also then went ahead and posted catches and touchdowns before he replied because I didn't know where he was going to go. On both of those, it's basically the same thing because it is basically the same. Right, yeah. I think for catches... Their top receiver is 16th. For touchdowns, they're right back there in the 17 or 18 range. Like, it's it's all the same. They're all in basically the same spot. Nothing is – they don't have a guy like who's number one in catches but somehow 18th in yards. Like, that's not what's happening there. Yeah, they, they only throw it four yards, but he catches it every time. Every time. No, so they're all in the same place on this list. Like, this list, it is what it is. I mean, listen, if they had just said, listen, I think we can, I think we can throw against Auburn, I, I'm not going to – I wouldn't question that. Okay, well, good luck. But to, to call them elite is what – Makes me look at their stats. I don't think I don't think elite falls in number eighteen in the SEC. Right. Yeah. And then when when you show them that they're not elite, then they, then it's the ball just keeps the field goal the field the 
goal line keeps moving after that. So then his reply is, efficiency? This is how he measures a good receiver. Efficiency, route running, and drops. All right, so that would also be shown in the... uh yeah, drops are somewhere. Yards. Yeah, drops are somewhere in stats. Like it is. Like you're right. If they if they caught it a bunch, they get a bunch of yards. Right. Out running and efficiency in 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 drops would all be in there. You're not going to produce yards if you're dropping the ball. You're not going to produce yards if you're not where you're supposed to be. You're not going to you're not going to produce yards if you're not efficient. So exactly, you're, you're correct. But if you want to measure those, like like he's doing the Madden ratings for these guys. So my reply to that was a lot of LOL. First of all, and then it was like, "Who are you, Mel Kiper? Like, <laughs> route running is what you're going for. Like, route running. This guy can get where he needs to go. Boom! But no one throws it to him. Yeah, no one throws it to him, and he doesn't get yards, uh, and he doesn't score touchdowns. No, there is, and he doesn't have a lot of catches. But but he's elite and he's unguardable. Yeah, he's also there right. all the time, and he's very efficient, super efficient. So it's just so really what it brings down to is a I've made it as a sports writer. Because now, apparently, all of University of Florida hates me. Which is okay. I'm alright with that. Um, but the other part of it is, like, there's... So, I've said this before on the show. Fan is short for fanatic. Yeah. The fans of sports, generally, are not objective. It's hard to be objective. Everyone everyone who's a Texans fan is like, fire Bill O'Brien. Fire him. He's the worst. And I'll be honest, his clock management is bad. His clock management is bad. And I think... Trading away Clowney has severely limited the playmaking on defense. Mm-hmm. I think that has hurt us a lot. In the same week where we lost to Carolina's backup, Jadavion Clowney had a pick-six touchdown while being blocked. So, like, it just kind of gives you the, the idea of, like, what we lost athleticism-wise. However, Bill O'Brien has brought more success to the Texans than, they have ever, than we have ever had in the history of Texans football. I think he... Last year we were eleven and five or ten and six, and the year before that, like it just keeps. He's he's somebody who's won over and over and over again for us, and proven himself to be a winner. There's been one. There was the one bad year when everyone was hurt. Deshaun Watson went out, and everybody else went out. And I mean, there's just no getting around it. Like the guy puts up wins. Yeah. Um. It's hard to argue at the end of the season when you look back and then you're like. We did better than most of the division, or well, we won the division last year, right? Like, yeah, we lost to Andrew Luck in a like streaking hot Colts, but going into the end of the season, I said I didn't. I hope to God we don't see the Colts. Like I hope the Colts are on the other end of the bracket, and it just so happened that we had to play them wild card weekend, um, and like it just it just went that way for us. Eleven and five wasn't good enough to avoid the Colts. Um, I when the, when you hear how nationally people talk about a team versus how people talk about a team locally, you can really tell the difference in fanaticism and objective fan watching. Looking at you, Case Keenum. (sighs) Case Keenum. Jesus. Basket Case Keenum himself. He is basket case. That's good. That's good, Nico. He is one of probably the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen get paid professionally, and he is somehow still in the league. Um and accomplishes nothing. I Shout mean, out Mark Sanchez, yeah. realist man alive. <sighs> Mark Sanchez may be a better quarterback than Case Keenum, and Sanchez is wearing a suit this year on TV. Like Colt McCoy is sitting behind Case Keenum on a bench in Washington, and I don't understand that. Also, they finally went to Dwight uh, to Dwayne Haskins this this week. Yes, it was yes. just it, it was just as bad. He threw uh, two or three terrible interceptions. Like it was like Case Keenum was still standing back there. Like it just <laughs> it got taller. Nothing changed. It got taller and darker. It it still was like the exact same guy was still out there. Like nothing real changed. When they say he's not ready, it turns out Washington may not know very much about football at all. <laughs> They're not very good, and they may not know very much about football right now. But it turns out. They could see a bad quarterback a mile away in practice, and they knew, man, if we put this guy out there, it's not going to get much better. And then things were going pretty bad, and they were like, "You want to, you want to put him out there?" And they're like, "Well, it won't get much better." And they were like, "But maybe a little." And the answer was no. The answer was no, no, no. 
So he's somebody no. that locally everyone like adored. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm sure when they put him in, it was to chance and cheers. And then I'm sure after he threw the second interception, somebody looked around and was like, D- "I don't remember him being this bad." <laughs> do we want Colt McCoy? Like I'm sure there was this weird moment where they were like, "Can we put the other guy in?" Like, what do we do now? Yeah, he it, it looked no better. And as a matter of fact, as of right now, they they still haven't named who's starting this week. <laughs> they don't know who they want to put out there at quarterback. That's how bad the options are in Washington. By They're the like, way, we might just put a receiver back there. I don't know. <laughs> by the way, Jay Gruden was hired for his offensive prowess. Mm. Got Adrian Peterson doesn't want to play him. Got Case Keenum can't can't get it right. Mm. Got Colt McCoy won't use him. And I'm not even a Colt McCoy guy. Like I'm not somebody who's like Colt McCoy can do it. But Colt McCoy at least will go out there and he's streaky. But he at least will go out there and have good runs, and then bad runs. Instead of just bad runs. Instead of just, not even runs, just bad. <laughs> just, bad. just bad. It's not even like in a streak pattern. It's just all bad. <laughs> like, That's but, right. We're going all bad all the time. Right. We're trying to lose this game by 45. <laughs> it's like if your favorite radio station changed to a blues station out of the, like, just completely out of the lightning. And you're just like, one day it's like playing Green Day and then they, like, the next song is like B.B. King doing... BB King live in this 1988, and it's like two and a half hours, and you're like, what? what it's, is just, this? it's just 95 minutes of free jazz. Just, and there's no rhyme, reason, or logic to it. That is what the Washington Redskins offense looks like under Case Keenum. Like, every single play is just like more and more of, why did, are they going to keep, why did they? Oh, they're going to hike it again. I guess they have to. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what decision-making is at this point. <laughs> they're out of other things to try to not do. Like, I don't know what else they can They have nothing else they can do as they trot out there one more time. It's just like, oh, Case man. Keenum is controlled by tiny hamsters in a giant robot suit. They don't know how to play football. <laughs> they don't even speak human, and they're, they're, they don't know what's going on. They're sitting in the meetings all week going, in case Keenum's head just nods up and down. <laughs> the entire time. So the quarterback coach is like, man, he, he really got it this week. I think he absorbed all of it. He even like whistled at one point. And everyone's like, okay, good. This is going to be a good week. We got it. And then when the game happens, they don't know why everyone's chasing them. <laughs> and the hamsters are just squealing in there going, meep, meep, and just firing off red alerts in there, <laughs> throwing all the limbs wildly about. <laughs> the ball just goes straight to the other team six times in a game. It's so bad. Oh. He had five turnovers in a game. To give you an idea of how terrible that is, most teams get about 12 to 14 possessions in a game. He gave away a third of them. <laughs> that means they only had 66% of their typical opportunities to score points. A third of the opportunities to score points, gone. Because <laughs> Case Keenum didn't want the ball. <laughs> I've decided I don't want this anymore. They need it more. We'll let them try it. Maybe he does it because he doesn't want to be there. And he's like, maybe if I throw enough interceptions, I don't have to come back. He hates (laughs) Jay Gruden that much. That would only be true if he just hated every coach he's ever played for. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't even. Maybe he likes soccer. Maybe he doesn't like football. Maybe he doesn't like football. football. And he just keeps throwing the ball to other teams. He's like, maybe this time. Maybe this time throws it (laughs) to the other team and it's like, come on. Come on. (laughs) Like his best years were those ones on the practice squad when he didn't have to play. Right. And he's been miserable the last six years running for his life. Listen, that could be it. That could be it. I like, think we solved it. I think we've solved all just, the problems. Instead of going to his agent and being like, I don't want this anymore, he's just, like, I'm just going to get fired. Just fire me already. He's just trying to get just benched. launching That's the balls into the other team. He just wants to get benched. Uh, I mean, listen, it's a possibility. And at this point, that seems more reasonable than he's actually trying. Yeah. No, it kind of does. It kind of sort of does. Because if you're going to tell me that this is the best you got, then, like, I don't... This is his best effort? Right. This is, this is as good as it gets, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was wildly unprepared. I think it's, like, seven or eight turnovers in the last two games, and that's bef- that's him getting benched still in the se- in the first half. <laughs> so, like, if he went through it, he'd be at, like, 16. There's no telling. Like, if he finished the second game, he'd be pretty close to, like, 10 at the pace he was going. Right, which is, like, more than every other team by, like, five. Yeah. If he finished the two games with 10 turnovers on the season, I think at that point they're, like, triple everyone else. 
Uh, Case Keenum. Ugh. Why did Houston ever like you? Oh, that, and that's what so what brought it all back. We'll bring it full circle before we get out of here. Literally, locally, when he was playing for us, and by the way, he went 0 for 14. And I don't mean passes. I mean games. <laughs> he lost 14 games in a row over two years. And when he went to Minnesota two years later and won a game, people were calling into local sports radio to tell everyone how wrong we were about Case Keenum. How come we didn't wait four years for him to turn into a real quarterback and just let him lose all those games here? Uh, Even when he was 0-13, people were still glad to see him run out there for the 14th try. And they were they were thrilled that Case Keenum, local boy made good, was going to go out there and this is the one. He's going to get it. 0-14. 0-14. They just knew he was special. More than a and all it took was four years of waiting for him for him to stop being awful just long enough for him to be kind of good in Minnesota to get to Denver to lose his job to come back to Washington to be so bad that the Dwayne Haskins who's not ready is now taking his job again. But he was good in Minnesota for six games, so clearly we were wrong. We were wrong. Look, we just had to wait till the twenty games, <laughs> four years. <laughs> And we would have had we that let him six games. <laughs> if we had let him play 30 games, the next eight would have been great. We could have been eight and 30 under Case Keenum. <laughs> like, like, what kind of math is that? Fan math. That's what that is, Nico. It's fan math. And if you're a fan of a team, it's your fault. When you hear people say something that's accurate and you just don't want to admit it, just do this. Just go... Okay, but say it nicer next time. Just say that. Just say that. Right. You don't have to call your receivers elite. You don't have to pretend that Case Keenum is good. You don't have to lie to me while you lie to yourself. It's not true. It's not. We're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to more Nerd Thug Sports. What's up, Nico? I don't know. There's a lot of energy in the last segment. It was. Are you, are you all right? No. No? You need a minute? Do you want to talk about Cox ATA then? Yeah. All right, do that. Uh, Cox ATA now with three convenient locations. One like in the, the Woodlands. Counts when you say that. A what? The Counts from Sesame Street. <laughs> three. Oh, oh, uh, uh, oh. <laughs> uh, they have three convenient locations. One in the Woodlands, one in Conroe, and one in Magnolia. Mention Nerd Thug Radio. Get two free weeks of training. What kind of training? Taekwondo. They got all kinds of stuff. It, several different classes. If you're three, if you're 93, they, pretty much everything in between. They got stuff for the little ones. If you're a teenager, you want to get into a routine. This is a great way to lose some weight, get get something going. Uh, they have Tai Chi, Taekwondo, self-defense, all sorts of classes for pretty much anyone. Uh, it's like a big family. It's a wonderful place to be. Wonderful staff. Uh, again, mentioned Nerd Thug Radio. Two free weeks of training. We link to them on their Facebook page. We got them all the time. So follow them on the Facebooks. Follow us. Because uh, at Cox ATA, they build leaders, they teach life skills, and they leave. A legacy. I like it. Good yeah. job there, buddy. Yeah. I'm going to give that a solid C-. minus. Thank you. No. I tried real hard. I think you're going to pass there. Ah, uh, yeah. Probably not. C's get degrees, boys. <laughs> what? <laughs> C's get degrees. I mean, I can't argue that. When you're right, you're right. And I don't like to say that to you. Okay. All right. We're going to play a game of how about now? All right. You ready? Yeah. Okay. I don't uh, know what this is, but I'll, 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 well, go, I'll roll with it. <laughs> we've, we've played this game before, but I just gave it a good name now. Okay. Okay. All right. So 
you are you're an employee okay uh of a I, of a company i am currently one right now all right and um you're kind of a crappy employee eh, that's your normal no you know what that's actually fair so so far we're dead on we are right yeah um nothing's changed you brought a lot of attention on yourself as per usual uh for some things Listen, they're not... You didn't do anything wrong yet. Yet. But it was silly stuff. Uh-huh. Everyone else is at work, and like you have a doctor's note for like a sore throat, but we don't really care if you talk, so like show up. But instead, you, you, you're off dealing with that. Like, like gargling with salt water, and like instead of being at rehearsals and stuff, you're just... You're gone. Mm-hmm. Um... You also, there's a dress code issue that you're fighting with HR. Mm-hmm. And so every day they send you home for dress code. Instead of uh, you showing up to work and helping everyone, you show up in the same thing that you know is wrong, but you're trying to win. And they send you home and you file a grievance. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So far, how do you how do you feel about that employee? Uh, which is me, by the way. Yes, you in this instance. How do you think you're doing as an employee? Uh, probably not great. Not great? Yeah, no. Okay. We give you a letter where we're like, hey, listen, we know there's some stuff going on, but you're being kind of a crappy employee. Mm -hmm. So, for the next two weeks, you can't use the break room. That's your punishment. Oh, but it's the break room. I need that. But, But, listen, you can still take breaks. But no snacks from the break room. Break room is off limits to you. This is whack. How do you how do you feel? Pretty it, bad. You, do you feel bad? Yeah. Do you think it's unfair to be punished? No. Do you think it's an unfair punishment? No. Uh, you then take that letter and post it on your Facebook so your friends and family and everyone can see. Yeah. Good move or bad move? Bad move. Bad move? Bad move. You think it's a bad move? Super bad move. <laughs> okay. All right. We then, as a company... We reach out to you and we say, hey, man, uh, we couldn't help but notice on your social media that you posted the letter uh, that we gave you about the, uh, about the break room. Okay? Now, look, it's your social media. You're free to do whatever you want. But this is making us look bad. All right? So we hired you. We told you we were going to give you 50 hours a week, 40 hours of regular time, and 10 hours of overtime. We're no longer going to guarantee your 50 hours a week. However, 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 you will work as needed, and you are definitely scheduled for your 40, and we're pretty busy right now. This is our busy season, so you're probably going to get your 50 anyway, but we do not, we're not promising you the 50 anymore. How do you feel? Uh, Pretty bad. Pretty bad? This is just Antonio Brown. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you think I figured but <laughs> do you think at this point you're in the wrong or the right? Uh I feel like I'm in the wrong. You feel like you're in the wrong. Feel bad. Do you do you think we're being too hard on you? No. Because you could still get the 50 hours. Right. It's not a we are no longer doing that. Right. It's, a, it's no longer guaranteed. Right. So you then come to work, and you act a fool. You argue with your manager. You throw some honky around. You say some mean things. Uh, you imply that our HR lady might be overweight, and she might be. She takes the elevator instead of the stairs. We're not going to judge her on that, but she makes some comments. Now we got to let you go, man. And listen, it kind of is what it is. It's all part of my plan. It's all part of your plan, though, because... You wind up at the AAA competitor right down the road. Right. These guys have valet parking for their employees. These guys win Forbes 100 every year. These guys, just by joining the team, you're probably going to make salesmen within a year because there's so much business over there. You're definitely looking up. Um, and then while you're there, you may or may not have committed some crimes. Probably did. But no one's pressing charges. However, they now know. I don't think it's a good fit for you to stay. 
Now, when you signed with him, there was a perks package. You were promised a year's worth of snacks from the break room. But now they're saying you got to go home. Do you think you're still entitled to the snacks from that company's break room for a year? They, I mean, it says very clearly in your, in your signing contract that you get a year's worth of snacks. It even quantifies how many per day you can have. And do you think this company owes you, a, the first company, owes you a severance package? Uh, maybe the second company, but not the first. I think at least the second company owes you at least the snacks that they promised you. Right. Okay. Final answer? You feel good about that? Final answer. Okay. Buzzing it in. Bam. So Antonio Brown is asking, he's sitting down with the players. Me, I'm Antonio Brown. You are now Antonio Brown. Congratulations. You have made a lot of money, but nobody likes you. Um, Wow. It's like normal. (laughs) (laughs) Antonio Brown has been talking to the players' union and they're, they're, he wants to come up with a strategy. He feels like this year he's entitled to around $61 million in guaranteed monies. Ooh, I don't know about that one, Chief. So, from the Steelers, there's $54 million guaranteed. Uh-huh. That was, or it's a $54 million contract. There's about $20-plus million guaranteed. 29 is basically roughly the number, okay? Roughly. 14.8 was guaranteed year one. 14.8 was guaranteed year two. That 14.8 was guaranteed over the course of the whole year. He's also saying he's entitled to his week one salary. They did cut him, I believe, Saturday morning. I think that is probably the most, logically speak, he came to work every day that week until they told him not to. That's not his fault. I do think somehow he's entitled to that week of pay. Um, To quote Ray Lewis, you don't pay me for Sundays. I do those for free. You pay me for Monday through Saturday. He came to work. Now, granted, he's not a great employee, but he did come in and clock in, and then you were like, hey, we don't really want you here. You need to clock out and go home. And he was like, cool, no problem. Bye. It probably didn't go that well, but it's kind of the point. So I do think he's actually owed that. That's around $800,000 because of the way his salary is structured. Uh, just the week of pay. Ooh, yeah. Jack can make $800,000 oh, in a no week. Joke. So the Patriots, though, it's a $10 million signing bonus. That he did sign, and he actually played a game with them. I don't know how they get out of giving him that one. Yeah. That that one I, I do think he's going to wind up getting. But so all told, between all the different things, it's about $61 million that he is saying, listen, there's parts of this I'm entitled to. Right. And as much as I think he brought all of this on himself and made a fool of himself... I do think logistically and honestly, I think he's entitled at least to the ten million from the Patriots. Yeah, and probably at least the eight hundred thousand from this uh, from the the Raiders for the first week of the season. Now, as far as how their bonuses were structured and like you got to be on the roster on this date for it to be guaranteed or blah 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 for that and that, I don't know about all that. But he he was on the roster for the bulk of week one. Even mm-hmm. if you wanted to prorate that out, you still owe him like six eighty. Right. So, what do you think? No, I, I definitely, I definitely think that he definitely will probably get the money from the the Patriots because of the way that his deal was probably signed. Um, because so you think he's he's owed at least a ten million signing bonus, right? Because not only did he sign, but he also at least played a game for them. Yeah, so for sure they had to give him one game check. Right. Also, when they released him, they released him on a Friday. So he went through a whole other week of walkthroughs and stuff. Exactly. Uh, to me, that means they owe him for two weeks, at least. At a minimum. He would have gotten already one game check. The, the NFL is structured in such a way where most people get paid on game day. You can always set your different whatevers when you sign your stuff. Um, the friend that used to be in the NBA that, that I have, he structured his deal where he got paid 52 weeks instead of just game checks. Uh, that actually helped him when it was time to re-sign a new deal because... Uh, a certain team tried to wait him out because mm-hmm. they were like, oh, well, he'll run out of money and then he'll have to sign for less. But it was like, well, no, his money goes all year. So then they thought when his 52 weeks was up, he would, but by then he'd already accrued other offers and things. I was like, well, I don't really need you. Right. Um, Played the smart game. He kind of did there. That was, that was actually a, a better thing. But I will say this. 
all of this goes back to his own behavior. Right. This is all his fault. <laughs> right. And so, like, now that's not truly relevant when you're talking, ab- when you talk contracts and you're talking numbers in business. It doesn't matter. It, yeah, do- no. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whose fault or whatever. Like, a signing bonus is a signing bonus. If it's truly a $10 million signing bonus, then there's no getting around. He played a game for them, so there's really no there's no getting around that. Like, they are stuck there. Yeah. So withholding the $10 million is just them being petty, and they're going to wind up paying that. Now, I read somewhere where privately Robert Kraft has told some people that there's no chance he's ever writing that check. He doesn't care what happens next. He's not writing that check. Um... That's a bold yeah, statement, although there is a there is a head coach, Mike Shanahan, who to this day thought, oh, Al Davis is dead now, but before Al Davis died, thought Al Davis owed him like $4 million. <laughs> when he got fired from the Raiders, the Raiders allegedly fired him like four calls, and then he went and took a job somewhere else, and so like the Raiders... Like fought it forever, and so like he he filed grievances and filed complaints and whatever, whatever, and he still to this day felt like the Raiders owed him money. Um, and uh, Don Nelson had to fight the Mavericks to get his money famously. Um, so it's happened before where a team has been like not paying, no, you, not paying you, but it's always been out of petty personal stuff. Although this is exactly what this is, Brown has created a personal petty situation with both the Raiders and the Patriots. Right. Where it, I could conceivably see where general manager, like, especially with the Raiders. Like, let's say uh, the union files grievances and uh, an arbitrator sits down and says, okay, well, I'm going to waive this. I'm going to waive that. The contract clearly states this. This has to go. However, you definitely owe them for the week of pay plus the week of this and whatever, whatever, and they prorate stuff out, and it's like you need to write them a check for 1.2. I could see Mike Mayock, the general manager of the Raiders, being like, Nah, not doing it. This guy stood in the hallway and literally said some stuff to my face. Not doing it. Right. And then I can see the the vice president of the Raiders is uh, Al Davis' son, who, by the way, looks like a treasure troll. 100% in the face looks like a treasure troll. Not trying to be mean. Just if you ever see him, you'll wish he had a giant spike of purple hair because he looks like a treasure troll. Or if he winds up ever getting his belly button pierced, like he's the real-life version. <laughs> um, I can, you know he's like, well, Mike Mayock says he doesn't want to pay him, and I, I like Mike more than Antonio at this point. So, <laughs> the Raiders are the kind of organization where I could see that happening. Plus, they would love to not pay somebody; they'd love to keep some cash. Uh, right? They're like, ah, we need as much money as we can. Yeah, hold. that Vegas stadium ain't open yet. We would love, love to not pay him. Um, yeah, I don't. I, it could wind up where the arbitrator rules both have to pay him and both go, well, we'll see. <laughs> right. This is, this could very well be that case. I don't know what the NFL could do at that point. Like, So this is one of those things, not to go too far political uh, down the political spectrum here, but there's all these rules of, like about what people can and can't do in the White House. Uh, for example, Kellyanne Conway has gotten in trouble a bunch of times for breaking uh, the clause where she's not allowed to campaign or or like interfere in campaigns while she's doing the job of the White House press secretary and she's like been on she's been at the podium of the White House press conference and then like speaks up for a candidate that she likes or um uh, advocated for Ivanka Trump's clothing line it's clearly a violation of that rule and the the people who are in charge of it they keep submitting to the White House like hey uh that's a violation of that rule uh we recommend you fire her it turns out there's zero enforcement. It, right. it, it turns out there's literally there's no enforcement. There's no enforcement mechanism for that law because it was always just assumed like everyone would be so embarrassed to to have violated that ethics rule that they would step down. Ethics are for weirdos. They might be now. We might live in an era where we need enforcement clauses. But the point was there's no enforcement clauses built in. There might not be any in the NFL. <laughs> right. They're going to be like, you pay your players, and then they'd be like, no. No. And Roger Goodell technically works for the owners, so I don't know how I don't know what the mechanism can be where he goes to the Patriots and he's like, "Listen, you need to write a check to Antonio Brown." Like I don't know how he does that. I don't know how he makes it happen. 
maybe that's where they both have to sit down and negotiate something and they have to talk it out and they have to go, hey, uh, what about like 60%, right. 70%. I don't know how that. I don't know. I don't know where the happy ground is, but I also don't think that there's an enforcement mechanism to make them pay him. Right. It's just one of the things where it's like, wow, you're really not going to pay your players, kind of things. Like you're just going to die from yeah. like. And like the teams talk about how the players talk about how teams treat players, and they watch stuff like that. Like there's a lot of talk in the league that char- the Chargers don't take care of people. So you'll see the Chargers be like last on a list unless they come up with the money to sign a guy. It's like when people are free agents, they go to San Diego last. They go everywhere else first. They're looking for they're looking for any other team but San Diego first because San Diego doesn't take care of their players. You watch the uh, the the running back holdout now, where he had to come back to work. <laughs> yeah, uh, the char uh, I guess it's the LA Chargers now. He had to come back to work because holdout wasn't going to work for them. Yeah, it was, no one was interested in paying him while he was gone. And it's unfortunate, but the reality is they've let good players go lately. The Chargers have not taken care of their players. And so, yeah, the other players notice that. But in this instance, they might not care. Especially with a team like the Patriots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone's all business there. So they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, well, mm, don't do that. Don't do that. Although it is weird, like, Josh Gordon will keep getting paid. Like, yeah. here's a guy who couldn't put the pipe down long enough to play football for, like, three years. Yeah, but he's real good, though. Right, but so is Antonio Brown. Yeah. And then it's like, what's, but a, like, what's a bigger but like, distraction? Someone who can't stay sober or someone who tweets a lot? But the other guys, it's the same thing every time. It's never something what else. Is that, how does that make it better? That makes because it, it's like, only the one problem that you it, just can't solve. But it makes it more one embarrassing, right? Versus the web of problems and the absolute storm that this player has caused. So there was a there was a corner in the NFL named Pac-Man Jones. Actually, I think he just retired last year. His name is Pac-Man? Uh, that was what they called him, Adam Pac-Man Jones. That's a good they called name. him Pac-Man because he gobbled up the ball, y'all. Waka, he was, waka. He was on defense. Waka, 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 waka. He was on defense, and he, he was a good corner, but he had troubles. He had problems. He was in Tennessee, got cut, lost a job, lost a lot of money, cost himself a lot of money. Then he went year to year on some teams. At one point, Dallas signed him. One of the big problems for Adam Pac-Man Jones is that he liked to go to strip clubs. He would go to strip clubs and get in fights. There was even shootings, and people in his entourage may or may not have permanently crippled somebody in a shooting one time. Not good Things. Not only is this Dallas Sinem, Dallas has the most strip clubs per capita of any city in the NFL. I think Tampa has more now. But at the time, Dallas was one of the top. And everyone was like, uh, Dallas is kind of known for that. So the Cowboys hired a personal security guy whose job was to keep tabs on uh, Pac-Man Jones at all times. At all times. Nice. So there was just a guy whose job it was to keep Hangman Jones out of trouble. Like, okay, if we're going to go to dinner, he's going to stand there and watch. And when it's time to leave, it's time to leave. The Bulls famously did that for Dennis Rodman. Good for them. And so, like, here's your big babysitter. Right. So if you can do that for certain people, how come no one just has managed Antonio Brown in the same situation? Because they're trying to put blinders on the horse, man. If I <laughs> That is what he said in his tweet. I don't disagree with anything you said, but it wasn't anything new, and it's something every NFL player knows, that the money's not guaranteed, even when it's guaranteed. He should have known that. Every every NFL player knows that. So complain about all you want, but it was true before you signed that contract, and it was true when everyone said it the day before you signed it on the media. It's always been true. Like, the other sports are laughing at football's contracts. Always have. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. 
Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to more Nerd Thug Sports. We're coming to you on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Uh, as always, we are hanging out on Facebook.com backslash NerdThugRadio. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then we are on NerdThugRadio.com as well. True, true. Uh, we always try to tag our sponsors and things. And the show's post, the podcast post at 6.01 p.m. Be sure to check those out. Uh, before we get t- into anything, let me tell you guys about our buddies, The Adventure Begins. So The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more right there on 1488 in Conroe. Uh, this Thursday... Tonight, from 6 to 10 p.m., they have Magic the Gathering Brown Bag Special. They're $20. They help us clear out our storeroom. They have a big brown bag challenge with bags from all the previous grab bag events. Test your luck. You never know what's in them. Everyone loves a good mystery bag. That's pretty good. That's a good idea. Saturday, October 5th is Draft Weekend. It's Throne of Eladrin. Come enjoy Eldrain. your chance to enter. Eldrain. Really? Yeah. Eh, I can see that. Come enjoy your chance to draft the latest release from Magic the Gathering. Entry is $15 from 5 to 9 p.m., and then Sunday is Junior Adventurers League. It's the official Dungeons & Dragons Young Adventurers League. Uh, it's $5. You can sign up now through the website and pay if you'd like, or you can spend $5 in the store. Uh, Adventurers League is the official Dungeons & Dragons. Um, and then, of course, you can always get your demo game on, have a good time up there. The adventure begins. Uh, I got my pull box. I need to go up there because I think Powers of X ends next week and the whole thing is done. Whoa. And the new books kick off this month. Whoa. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, so the adventure begins. Comics, games, and more right there on 1488 in Conroe. Make sure to go check them out. All right, all right, Nico. So we're gonna we're almost done here. We got a couple of minutes left. Um, today, you you are ahead in the pickums because uh, the Bears crushed Washington. Even though they're awful, Mitch Trubisky is now out as well, indefinitely with a separated shoulder. Uh, uh, we got like 20 quarterbacks out. Like we really, it's 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 getting crazy. All right, so the Rams are at Seattle tonight. Oh, Rams at Seattle. I think I go Seattle. You're gonna go Seattle? Yeah. <sighs> I feel like the Rams had like picked up a lot of steam, but then like kind of fizzled out the past like couple years. I mean, they were in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, but like they haven't done anything super impressive this year. No, they really have kind of struggled to find that mojo again. Um, the thing of it is, though, so is Seattle. Although, like I said, Jadavion Clowney had that yeah. standing pick six just last weekend. All right, you go Seattle. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Rams on the road. Rams on the road. Rams on the road. I'm gonna take the Rams there. Uh, so that'll that'll either tie us or give you a two game lead for the season. We'll have to see when we come back next week. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. We're always having a great time hanging out here at Nerd Thug Sports. Uh, make sure to check out the website. Make sure to check out Facebook. Uh, make sure to check out the podcast when it drops at 6.01. Thanks for listening, everybody. For, on behalf of Little Brother Nico and myself, same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. <laughs>